Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions Podcast. My name is Will Tarashek. I am the founder of APS, and this is the podcast where we speak to podcasters about their podcast and their journey. And this week, I am joined by Shilpa P. from the pod, uh, Passion for Business podcast, which is launching right around the time you hear this. So, Shilpa, thank you so much for being here, and please introduce yourself to everyone out there, the world, if you will. Thank you, Will. It's a pleasure to be here and talk with you. I'm Shilpa P. Shilpa Panchmatia. I'm a business growth coach, a serial entrepreneur, and thoroughly enjoy changing the world of entrepreneurs with my tips, my support, and my coaching programs. All right. So how did how did you get into being a a a coach, a coach like this? Like what is what is your background? Take me back to the beginning. That's a good question. So my beginning starts way back uh, after graduate graduating in business school. And I went to work for Pepsi and Coca-Cola and had a, a great experience. But in those days, I felt as a woman, I was getting looked over. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to take life into my own hands. And after being made redundant for something like the third or fourth time, um, I set up my own first business. And that was 21 years ago. And since then, I have been lucky enough. Is it luck? Is it hard work? I don't know. Maybe it's a combination of where they both meet. Um, I've been lucky enough to run um, five different businesses. Oh, well, and so many other businesses that I dare not mention that were just failures, but I've taken that all part of the entrepreneurial journey and exited two of them. It sort of worked out that having all the business experience that I had and I'd taken some time out after selling my last business. I started getting approached by many people to consult for them, help me set up a Facebook division for my my digital agency here, help me with my leadership skills, running a team. And I thought being a trained coach, um, I trained as a coach uh, back in 2007 anyway, um, it worked out that it would be the best thing to do to actually set up a business coaching practice. And so, so here I am um, supporting business owners. And it, it's interesting to know that 94% of successful business owners use external advice because getting an answer from yourself about your business is it's kind of tricky. But when you work with a business expert, it, it's like having a friend, a professional critic by your side. Mm-hmm. So it's enabled me to, to support and champion and teach um, many business owners through my programs and, and my passion for, for business. Um, if I go way back, Will, I was selling lemonade when I was six years old for 5P. <laughs> so it started then. I come from an entrepreneurial family, so about 70% of my, my family are, have, are bootstrap business owners. Uh, some have gone on to be public figures and, and famous people. And um, I think by the age of 10, I was spending my, my 50 pence pocket money, not on penny sweets as we have here in England, uh, but on reading the Financial Times because I had an uncle that encouraged me. And every time he came to visit, I'd get very scared and I'd go and buy a copy of the Financial Times. Love it. Now, you are from London, born and raised, correct? That's right. Yes, I'm, I'm a Londoner. Okay, so what is, what is it like starting a business in London? Because most, most of our listeners are 
most likely American. Um, and starting a business here can be a rather tedious and annoying, a lot of paperwork and a lot of like, oh, I didn't know how to do this process. Um, what is it like starting a business and in, in London, in the United Kingdom, what are some of the hurdles you have to jump through? Just, just do that. That's a really interesting question. I think the biggest hurdle a business owner needs to jump before anything else is to ascertain and ensure that there is an absolute massive fit for his business and a demand for it. The number of businesses that I see that set up in business without even knowing that there is a market and then they try to educate the market. Uh, it's a tiny market compared to the U.S., but, but an interesting one in that it's it's quite tight and consumers and buyers will be very, very choosy with what they buy. So the actual academics and the paperwork and the establishment of business is, is quite simple. Um, it's an entre- entrepreneurial community here. There's very much an entrepreneurial vibe with uh, London being a, a big business hub, big financial district. And until recently, we were allied with the European Union. So we had access to a big marketplace. Mm -hmm. And it's simple. Once you've decided what you want to do, what sort of uh, outfit you want to run, is it a small trading individual business? Do you want to actually set up a limited company where your liability is limited so that if someone was to sue you or there were some issues with with your product, your service or your operations, the the liability is limited simply to to the business and people can't come after your home and, and your assets. Uh, and the, the the processes are quite simple, meaning hiring an accountant and having that set up and filing the necessary taxes and forms online. And there you go. Go go and have an adventure. Mm. It's like in, a, in, in the States, it's a very, very, obviously it's capitalistic. We are a capitalist country. A lot of dog eat dog, adapt to die, bloodthirsty businessmen, Ugh, entrepreneurship can get really dirty here. Is it is it similar in the UK, um, and I, I'm not exactly 100% sure how the UK, um, or even just British now with Brexit, uh, economic system works. Is it, is it, how does it compare to the US capitalistic economic system? I think capitalism is, is worldwide. I think entrepreneurial yeah. can be, as you say, dirty dog eat dog because you have a lot of work to do to get your product or your service bought and then a hell of a lot of more work to do to actually fulfill that product and service. And then comes all the fun stuff of having a team, having customer service, managing your social media, managing the regulations that you have to abide by. If you're a food business, you've got extra health and safety uh, applications to make. Therefore, I think England is very similar to the US. Being a smaller country and being an island, they sort of a finite number of businesses America, the land of opportunity, as we've always called it, has always been phenomenal for business. There's been lots of opportunities for buying franchises, setting a mom and pop store, setting up in today's day and age an online store and being a business owner. It was never this easy before. And I do think the digital transformation has made it phenomenally easy for anybody who wants to set up some form of side hustle or a full-time business to go ahead and do it with a lot of confidence and support. And I, I, I disagree with that. It's uh, because it's been a phenomenal journey for me in that it's how you make it and how you, 
you transcend these challenges. You see, I always think business is actually just about solving problems. That's it. Learn to solve problems and you're running a great business. Mm, I like that. I'm going to start using that. If you don't mind, learn to solve problems and you'll have a great business. I mean, I think every business owner should really take that. And sometimes I think they probably forget that. Um, so what, what is, uh, what is, what is the core of your business? First of all, what is the name of your business? I actually work under my own name. I, I, I worked with setting up a business name and I thought it's always going to be me. I have no ambitions at this stage of my business career to actually have lots and lots of people work for me and to, to grow it into an enterprise and to exit. It was more about making a contribution to the business world and to supporting business owners. You see, when, when I was a business owner, they didn't have these things called coaches and consultants so much. You kind of just did it on your own, fumbling along and spoke to your best friend about any problems you had and then came this world of networking and you started meeting people and then you had co-working and you had this access to all these people in these offices but it never used to be like that for a very long time so i call myself shopper p um and uh the, the, I, I trade under the same name okay um and what kind of clients do you typically serve <sighs> They tend to be established business owners that still have that fire and want to progress. When I say established, they've proved the concept of their business that it works. They've cut their teeth. They've run their business for a few years, maybe, or maybe even longer, 10, 15 years. But they essentially, all of them, want to make more money, want to grow fundamentally, and want to live a better quality of life. I don't know about you, Will, but many, many business owners that I see are completely, absolutely frayed and burning out because yeah. they're working all the hours that God sends, yep. sometimes very little profit, yep. but absolutely no life. Yep. And the majority of business owners went into business for two things. One, profit. They want to make money. Money makes the world go around as well as love. And two, freedom. Mm -hmm. And often they find they're not getting the level of profits they need to live the life of the experiences they want. And those experiences could be as simple as spending time with their family, huh? Together with um, having a life. And I always say, work well at your business. Do, do a good business, but don't forget to have a life. Yeah, some people definitely make their life their business. And I know for me personally, you know, running this business from the ground up this past year, I, all of 2020 was, I was, I've been working two jobs almost 24 hours a day. Um, every single day for all of 2020 during lockdown, you know, like I make sure every day I take a few hours to myself, um, towards the end of the night or sometimes in the middle of the afternoon, when I cook dinner, I relax, I have, my, I have my me time, if you will, but it really can be so time consuming so do you, do you teach people that about your business? Like if you're a coach, right? Do you keep it strictly business or do you be like, listen, you got to have some, you include family time, me time in some of your teaching? Yeah, that's a really, really interesting question and a very relevant question. And one thing that I've seen come out, come about more and more in the last few years, and especially in the last year, where we've all been working from home and there's been a massive reduction in that distinction between work and, 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 and life, that I've really included a well-being session with all my work. So it, it is business. 
because the leader of the business needs to be well, happy, and working mentally and spiritually to lead a business and to have his or her tank full to be able to serve his or her clients. So I think it's very essential. You talk about me time. Oh my God, that is just a godsend in that having it and creating that time and being able to do the things that are going to give you the mind space and the space to grow, develop, and more importantly, keep the joy in your business and keep that adventure going. Because I do think running a, running a business is, is highly adventurous. And I know my career of spanning 21 years, it's been phenomenal. I can't think of what life would have been like if I'd stayed in a nine to five kind of job, uh, given that jobs these day, days are not nine to five. But the adventures I've had, the travel I've had, the number of people I've had, and the opportunity to really get out of my comfort zone and experience and learn things has been phenomenal. What do you think is the biggest thing people underestimate when starting a business? They underestimate how hard it is. Mm -hmm. I remember when I started work first time and I, I, I was working pretty hard anyway. And I, then I ended up being a typical bootstrap business owner and I was working something like 16, 17 hours a day because you had so much to do. And you didn't know in those days, I was much younger, how to distinguish and how to be smarter. And the second thing is they underestimate how much money they can make. They have grandiose ideas, but actually to find a market, to get that marketplace to trust you, get that marketplace to transact with you. I mean, today, Will, they actually say there was a stat that I was reading in the Times, which is obviously a London newspaper. And they were saying that the, the transaction process from someone seeing you online to actually purchasing from you is something like they have to have consumed about seven hours of your content. That's a hell of a lot of Instagram reels. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a definitely. Well, if you have a podcast, that is a good way to cut that down, which I do want to get into your podcast very shortly, but I do want to also talk about the core areas from your website, uh, marketing time, profit and team. What, how did you come up with these and how, how are they unique to each other? Let's start with marketing. Yeah, so, so marketing is the bedrock of business. Without marketing and sales, we don't actually have, have a business. So I think it's very important for business owners to focus significantly their efforts on selling and marketing. And that's one of the first things I say to any startups. I'm like, have you sorted out a marketing strategy? Have you got a sales pipeline? And when you are actively selling, are you managing your sales process? Because that's the best way to keep your profits coming in and also to grow your business. Focus on your sales and marketing. Target the right audience. Know who your ideal customer is. And we're very, um, we're very spoiled in the ability of targeting we have using something like um, social ads. Mm -hmm. Never in the history of advertising has there been an opportunity to laser target specific demographics. Once upon a time, we just had billboards and then we had television ads and then we had magazines and it was general. If your target audience saw it, you were lucky and they bought your product and they were influenced. But today you're actually coming straight in front of them in a captive audience, often on their social stream where they're spending anything between two 
to three hours sometimes of their life in a day. So, so marketing is, is essential for business owners to, to get correct, to spend time on, to nurture, to love, and to really make useful for their business. Okay. And time and profit? Yeah, t- time and profits are essential in that we use them efficiently and not just us, our teams. We have so many productivity tools these days, and yet I, I feel that business owners, because of the sheer workload they have and their ability to be into every single take myself once upon a time when I ran a business, I was in every single Slack channel, but that's not Ugh. what I should have been do- doing. Oh, I hate Slack. <laughs> Can I sidebar real quick on how much I hate Slack? Um, because Slack, Slack was designed originally to be a, a, a professional like, team-building messaging app um, to get more production out of the workforce, which if you use it like that, it 100% is very effective. The problem with Slack is that they added so many distractions to take you away from business, meaning memes, emojis, like videos you can just add into this, this garbage messaging that makes it so easy to distract you from business. So Slack literally shot themselves in the foot by going away from their core business strategy, which is why I like Microsoft Teams so much better because there's very little of that. It's just, what do you need? I'm right here. Give it to me straight. That simplicity is so important in business, and that's exactly what I was I was talking about, that as leaders, we need to make sure that we detach and manage our, our time and allow our employees to, to manage their time. And Slack doesn't help because it gives no. them so many distractions together with social channels when really you want them to do the job and, and enjoy their life. Yeah, it's like, just give me a business messaging app. I don't need another social media business messaging app. So if anyone works here at Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, you are never going to be joined to a Slack channel. I promise you. I 100% promise you. Um, so team. Team's a big one. Now, personally, for me, I my team is so vital to me. What I know, um, Jared doesn't know, who's our head of marketing. What Jared knows, Nash doesn't know, who's our director of operations. And what Nash knows, Luke has no idea, and Luke is our editor. So the four of us, really bring our expertise with what we know and what we don't know. We really rely and bounce off each other. Now, that being said, we are also all very good friends from college. We are all from the same fraternity. Um, but so do you, do you, you know, you say, they say don't go into business with your friends for multiple reasons, either for good or bad. In your experience, do you, do you find that businesses are more successful or less successful with members of their team starting out as really good friends? Because it can, it can get complicated. We've butted heads multiple, multiple times. I think there's two sides of the coin there. How are you navigating your relationships? What are your boundaries? And how do you guys gel together? If you've, you've bashed heads together and you've resolved it, sounds phenomenal. Yeah. It sounds as if you're, you're having an opportunity to bring out your grievances, discuss the challenges that you're having, um, sharing that thunder and, and then staying friends at the end of it. And, and remember, this is not dissimilar to family businesses where you have a lot of family um, business owners. My, my own mom and dad ran, ran a, a number of retail shops as I was growing up and they worked together and dinner, dinner table 
um, conversation was always about profit made in the day, costs, problems, challenges, custom stories. And, and it worked very well for them because they shared the responsibilities, but they had a common passion together. And I think that the fact that you know each other so well, you cut each other some slack. You also encourage each other to excel and, and work to their, their best opportunities and skills. And, and more importantly, I think you have well, you would all have a bond. Having discussed the, the the division of skills that you four have, it sounds phenomenal. You know, did you handpick that team was going to be my question, but you said that you knew each other. So I think it has lots of positives as opposed to to negatives. And it's how you make it work and how you grow it, mold it, encourage it, and what culture you create in your in your business. Yeah, the story of how we all came together, it's all it's all kind of by accident. Really? It's, it's, it was just like, I had this idea and then I just kind of bumped into Jared one day when I was going back to visit friends and he was just there. We started talking, he was talking about starting a podcast. I was like, oh, let me help you. And he's like, I had, then as we started talking about marketing, you know, if you ever talk to Jared, I'll tell you about the napkin. Um, so that's, that's a whole nother story for another time. And then Nash was just a, was just a co-host on my other podcast. And we was talking about the business. Like you better make me a partner. And I was like, okay, what do you got? And then it just kind of evolved from there. And, you know, 2020 with COVID kind of let us really let us think and sit on what can we actually do. And then one day Luke texted me and was like, hey, I need a job. Let's work together. And he's a really good editor. And he's gotten a lot better and better and better. So it really has kind of molded by accident. And what really works for us is trust and transparency. We all, we all trust each other. We all rely on each other. But we also trust that we're not going to. We're not going to screw each other over either financially with our goals. Like we all want each other to succeed equally. So it's trust and transparency. We're very open about something. So if we're talking about equity or how much money we're going to get or what business is going to handle what, what part of the business, we go, okay, even though this might not be beneficial to me, here is what this means for you. So you can make an open and honest decision together. So which is, I think it's incredibly rare. So maybe we just got really lucky. I always say there's no such thing as luck. Maybe it was coincidence, but serendipity. There was a reason for all this to happen. And I, and I wish all of you great luck. And I'm sure that you have created um, great networks and great paperwork around you, despite the trust and transparency. So everything is written down. If things go wrong, you've got an agreement, you've got a binding contract, and you can steer yourself along that. Because I think when when things get ugly it's so important to have that paperwork in place and often the team can come back together again yeah it it definitely is giant coincidence because if i if i did not go back to long island back to hofstra university that weekend that halloween weekend for a wrestling show and jared just wasn't there this conversation wouldn't be happening uh if i didn't go into work that next monday and got laid off this conversation just wouldn't be happening. So it really is. It's just kind of like the stars aligned and here we are. Uh, but I want to get back. I want to get back to your business and what you do. Um, do you, do you, are your clients all European or do you also deal with the U S clients? I have a global client base. Actually, I have a mm. client in Australia. I don't have a U.S. client as yet, but I'm marketing towards there. And I have a couple of clients in India. Businesses the world over are the same. It's just their nuances the, the countries and some of the culture would right. be different. 
Um, the British don't like to be sold to so directly. They like everything to be positioned to them. And, and then they'll come back to a decision with you after two, three days. Whereas in the US, you can pitch to a client and you expect an answer at the end of that pitch. And they'll, they'll give you a yes or no. And it's very clear. It's very straightforward. In India, it's a similar, a similar thing. They'll want to talk to 20 people before they make a decision. So you, you want to incorporate that and it's great to be able to work globally and see how different cultures and rituals and ways of doing business uh, happen. But the fundamentals are, are the same. Um, having having your marketing and sales in position, having a strong team that, that work together in, in unison, looking after yourself as, as individuals and, and, and the leader and ensuring they have a positive approach to um, every business decision made. And, and ultimately, what most businesses go into profit for is uh, business for is profit. And what, what most businesses go into business for is profit and ensuring that profit is one of the main determinants of your activity. And you have a very clear eye on it with the numbers that never changes universally wherever you are. Okay. So. As of recording this, well, actually, as of releasing this, excuse me, uh, your podcast will have launched. So tell me about your podcast, why you started it, and yeah, podcast name, why you started it. So it's called Passion for Business. And all through my life, everything I've done has come about something that I've enjoyed, whether it's been looking at web developments around a tech company. I haven't I went to a Tony Robbins seminar and got very interested in neurolinguistic programming and, and self-help and helping people. And I started a coaching company, more of a life coaching therapeutic clinic. It was all driven by passion. And I saw this with entrepreneurs that it was their passion that made me made them start something. And sometimes it was passion for life, if not a passion for an idea or an area, just like you guys will. You, you guys have a passion for, for broadcasting and audio and video and all, all these good things. And I was fascinated with how people made money from their passion, how they kept going through their passion, and what happened when they fell out of love with their business and fell out of love with their passion. What, what was it that they could do? And I wanted to start a podcast that was different. It didn't have canned questions, rehearsed answers, um, conversations in a box. I wanted it to be raw, simple, but actually helping business owners with their stories because we all, all love relatable stories and we find they uplift us and inspire us from the conversations and often when I read, listen to podcasts, I don't read them, I listen to them. When I listen to podcasts, it's very much about the differing perspectives that different business owners provide. And often you get inspiration, massive learnings, and you come back with, with a lot of renewed enthusiasm for your own business. It's interesting. That's, it's very similar to what, to what this podcast is, except except of going from business to business, we do from podcast to podcast. And sometimes those podcasts happen to have businesses. And I completely agree with you with talking in a box, right? Because news, if I can go on another tangent, news is very much talking in a box. That mainstream, quote unquote, old media is very much canned answers, rehearsed, talking in a box. Whereas podcasting, it's, in my opinion, the number one, it's the best way to communicate with people. I 
have learned so many things from listening to podcasts over these past nine years and so many things from doing podcasts over these past five years. It's definitely made me a better communicator. It's made me a better thinker. It's made me a better, um, better, yeah, better communicator is the big one. Um, and the idea of just letting a conversation flow like this podcast, I have a set list of questions. I send people say, Hey, here's, what we might be talking about, but do not think this is gospel. This is just a guideline into what I do. Um, but we're going to kind of drift off as I listen to your podcast. Let's find out who you are to kind of get a structure of the show. But other than that, we're just going to let it, we're just going to let it wave, let it go in and out like a tide. And I really, I really like that more than just a strict, um, okay, give me 30 seconds on what you do. Great. Next question. Yeah, there's something special and magical about that conversation between two people. And when you're on a podcast and you're you're listening like a fly on the wall, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's sort of time memorial. We've 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 enjoyed people watching and eavesdropping into conversations at a coffee table. What are they talking about? That's so interesting. It's like a glimpse into their life, a secret glimpse into into what their life is about. Yeah, and it personally, it annoys me when a host just asks questions. Like, I'm a host. I don't just ask questions. I engage. I give some backstory on me. It's like, I want to know about you, but I also want you to know about me. It's just as important to me. Um, so how, what, did, what did you learn about yourself hosting a podcast and you're just, just starting as, as recording these? I know that I absolutely love talking to people and mm. fascinated about individuals, their backstory, where they are, how they think. Uh, I, I, I'm able to dig for some secrets. And I think there is a skill in making someone feel comfortable and engaging them enough to make them feel that they trust you. And then they're able to share some of their story in a different manner. And often that's when they provide some gems. We're not used to talking about everything to everyone. And it takes a little bit of practice, I think, as an as a interviewer, as a podcast host, interview is the wrong word probably, as more as a podcast host to engage, gain rapport, and actually bring out the best of the guest. Okay. Um, any previous experience in broadcasting, radio, anything like that? No, not at all. I've done a lot of public speaking. I have an Insta Live channel where I had lots of business owners come and, and talk to me. So I was comfortable and I realized that actually I'm a good listener. Being a good listener and being able to to understand what your guest wants to talk about and pick up on the questions that we can elaborate is a skill as well. Because I've been invited to some podcasts and they, like you say, just fire a load of questions at you. And yeah. it just feels like you're on a radio interview and it's not exciting or interesting. Whereas when you have a conversation and you're still asking each other questions and you're just talking as if you're friends, I often say for my podcast at the, at the bottom, it's like a fireside chat with maybe a whiskey in hand. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So what was your first experience with podcasts and what, 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 what was the moment that was like, oh, I got to start one? I actually got asked by a lot of people, Shopper, why are you not running a podcast? You have so much to share and so many stories and you like talking to people and you have a brilliant network. 
bring them all on and, and start having some interviews and conversations with, with business people. I put it off for a little while because initially, until you delve into the world of podcasting, it comes across as being something that techies do. Yep. Actually, Will, I went to a seminar in San Diego about five years ago where they talked about podcasting and its boom and its growth. And Apple Podcasts wasn't out yet then, but they were just talking about how people would be listening to, into their car and they were going to overtake the personal development CDs and the yep. books that we would listen to, et yep. cetera. And in those days I wanted to, to do one, but it just, the tech felt like too much. I had to go yep. through reams and reams of information. Yep. Whereas t- today it's, it's, you know, we could work with an agency like yourselves, a, a business like yourselves, and it's made very simple for you for the podcaster to do what they're good at, share their topic of interest and, it wasn't as daunting when you get into it and you, you pick up the right tips and you buy the right mic and you get the, the the right equipment and you understand your style of podcast, what tone of voice will it have, what information will it have, what vibe and buzz will it have about it. And then I guess it's all the artwork that you do around it. So yeah. once you've got those elements in place, it's quite straightforward. Yeah. When I first started, actually it would be six years ago when this is released, um, I had to figure out all that on my own. Like I had to figure out how to create an RSS feed, how to get it integrated into a web website, how to then upload that to iTunes at the time. Cause iTunes was the only place you could really put it. And I was 19 trying to figure all this out in college, going through Google, you know, researching what to use. And like, I had a little bit of experience using um, Adobe auditions at that time I was on the Hofstra radio station so I, I, I just kind of figured it out, whereas now it is really easy. You can do it on your own, but what people underestimate about starting a podcast is how much time it is, how consuming it is, how it really is like a part-time job. If you want to start a podcast as a, as a, as like a passion project, think it's a part-time job. So there's so much you have to do to actually build it. And then there's people like us and Biggest Podcast Solutions who help you with whatever you need, whether it's the marketing, distribution, the editing, the recording, whatever it is you need, you can choose one, choose all. Um, so everyone needs help with something. So what is the relationship between your business and your podcast? So my, my business is about supporting entrepreneurs, educating them, empowering them, giving them the skills and the resources that they need. And within my podcast, I'm doing exactly that together with guests who've perhaps been there and done it. They've scaled their own businesses. They've started a passion and made it into a massive business, or they're at the start, the starting point of it, or they're talking about a tool that's going to help the business owner. So we have a lot of digital tools these days, which are absolutely essential to master in some businesses before we can, we can grow there's many ways to run a business, and it's very important that we have that knowledge and those skills um, and that ability to learn from people because I, I think it's a phenomenal opportunity in life to be able to learn from people. I always say, always look at the mistakes that people made so that you don't need to make them. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not get that through a pet podcast? Definitely. Um, so when you interview people, they are they your current clients or are they just, how do you find your guests? Yeah, I, I've been looking for personalities initially when I'm new because it makes my job easier. When you talk to people who are want to be in a podcast and have a story to, to, to share, whether it's how they got into business, how they grew their business, and, and what 
were their main factors in business, their challenges, their, their problems, their joys, and how they've navigated the business world. And they always make great stories. And I've got a couple of clients that I've recorded that's come on my, my podcast too. And they're talking about how we've worked together. But it's not so much about me, this podcast, as it is as much about helping people in business. And, and giving them the, the stories and tips and tricks and s- secrets that are going to help them. And of course, great conversation. All right. So here's an interesting question I actually just thought of. So you are, you are a professional business coach, right? Like your, 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 your expertise and your tips and your, your secrets of the trade is a part of your business. How are you going to balance that um, when releasing some of that information on a podcast hundred percent for free? <sighs> I'm a great giver in life, and I, I certainly don't believe that the information I've given on a podcast is anything going to be any of my intellectual property or people are going to cut me out, um, and I'm, I'm very happy to help. These days, it's very much common knowledge. We have so much content out there that the individual actually makes a difference working with me because they have that support from an individual. Many business owners can pick up business books and there's many online courses these days that help them through, but it's very different when you have a business coach, a person who's supporting you, championing you, has been there and done it themselves and are fully backing you to make sure that you succeed in the manner that you want. It's a different ball game altogether, actually. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Not Okay. I'll take that. So what was the hardest part about starting your podcast? definitely getting my head around the the, the tech. Uh, I knew what I wanted to say, but putting it into a format that's marketable. We have an influx of podcasts recently. It seems like everyone's doing a podcast, which is great. There's so much choice there. How was I going to be different? You know, there's no point doing a podcast if people aren't going to listen to you. You've got to give them value, interesting content, make it different. And, as I said earlier, I think some of the ways that I've been able to capitalize that is on making it raw, really on having interesting speakers, guests, interesting stories. And, and people are always interested in an, another individual's story. That's, that's the thing that gets them and the things that happened during their business career. Lots and lots of funny things happen in business. And, you know, I I often talk about when I was in India and I was nearly put into jail over a commercial agreement. Here I am, you know, on my own in in the middle of India and a commercial agreement has gone wrong and the uh, other party has threatened me with police action. And that meant I found out that if someone puts a police complaint on you and that can be upheld, they can, they can put you in jail for a few days. It scared the living daylights out of me. Hmm. How about a technical? I, uh, uh, yeah, the technical, like, um, do you have anyone on your, do you have a team who helps you? Like, like I, I record, I hand it off to an editor. Um, anything like that? Or are you, are you, are you are like a, like a, a one person business? Like I'm just going to do all this myself. Um, I, I wanted to be, but I've learned through lots of experience. There is so much value in letting the experts do their work and they do a much higher quality production 
than we do. So I have a content person. So in my team, I have a backup team. I have a VA and a, a two marketing people. And that individual, he's called Samir. Samir has uh, editing production skills. He's, he's produced his own podcast. So he manages that. Alongside that, you've got the marketing elements where you want to put things out onto social media or onto websites and share information about the guests in your podcast. So he, he manages that as well. So I do hand it across to him and he will go through a five-step process on my podcast. So that's the, that's the production, the marketing elements, the information for the guests and the show notes, right. um, and then actually the execution of, of putting it out there. So um, give me a tease. Who, some, of, some, of the, some of your guests, some, a story, something from the upcoming episode release of your podcast. So I won't mention the name because I'm not going to, to spoil my launch. Um, and as a story of a gentleman who spent £50,000 to launch his business, but he didn't have the £50,000. And what he did was he went and bought cinema tickets for um from Odeon cinema and he said to them how much are your cinema tickets and he they said well we're, t- we're, we're 15 pounds and he said look give me a discount because because i'm going to have a hell of a lot of them and so they gave him a discount for, for 10 pounds and he went to uh, a newspaper a sort of like a commuter newspaper they give out free and so the commuters are all grabbing them and he, he put a full page advert on the front page and he said cinema tickets one pound so get this, he's actually made a loss on those cinema tickets of £9 already. And selling them for £1, he had the opportunity of getting them to write in in the days when we were still doing subscription and email offers. And he got people's emails and he sold them this these tickets for £1. The minute he got their emails, he sent across an email list to them selling other people's services. So he started his business and kicked it off phenomenally because of making that loss of nine pounds and being on one of the fastest um, um, moving newspapers in terms of, of speed in the evening and the commuter time. And and he kicked off one of the largest uh, retail e-commerce businesses in the world today. Interesting. You got to take a step back and make a leap forward. Exactly. Classic, classic story. Okay. So are you, are you going to release these like, um, What's your release schedule look like? Are you doing them in seasons? Are you going to do this one a week, bi-weekly? What's, what's your plan? Yeah, I'm doing one a week uh, and uh, probably see where that goes. And I, I think podcast marketing should be all, <clears throat> excuse me, should be all very agile. And let me review after, say, 25, 50 episodes and see, see what I want to do. Do I want to have a change in, in the tone of the show? Do I want a different type of person on there? Do I want to do it just for maybe digital agencies or maybe just for e-commerce people? So I'm, I'm going to review. Uh, what does success look like for your podcast? People enjoying it, people talking about it, people wanting to come on the podcast and getting immense learnings. All through lockdown, I became a bit of a walker. And instead of listening to, to Spotify, I found myself listening to podcasts. And oh my God, did I learn so much? And did I have so many interesting podcasts to listen to? They were all business orientated and stories about people and how they did things and learnings. 
And I, and it's, it's such a phenomenal thing to be able to offer that to people. So you're going to start on episode one. Where do you want to be by episode 100? What are those goals? I haven't thought them through, uh, Will, but if I was to think I'm on right now, putting me on the spot, I probably want an established podcast, mm-hmm. uh, a podcast that people refer to, have many subscribers, which means that people are looking forward to each episode and listen. I think that loyalty is quite important if you can, can grab it. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a huge tribe of people following me like some of the influencers do, but I offer a lot of value. So I'm hoping that those business owners will, will tune in and, and pick up those gems and value points. Interesting. No, no, uh, no financial numbers. Do you, do you, do you, do you expect or do you want your podcast to bring you in some additional revenue? I haven't got that far yet. Um, I would, I would love to have some financial figures. Why not? As a business woman, I'm always looking at return on investment. I'm still exploring the world of sponsorship and getting people to come on board and pay for it. But you need to have a significant number of downloads for that to happen, yeah. for it to be attractive. And I look at you know people like Tim Ferriss and. I do get a bit distracted when I listen to podcasts like that because every two minutes there's an ad and, you know, we work in a world and live in a world where we don't have ads anymore. We watch Netflix. We don't watch regular TV anymore where, you know, I remember the days when there used to be an advert on TV, you'd go out the room, you'd go to the bathroom or you go make a cup of tea. But those days are gone. You can sit for five hours and and just consume the content you want. So the same should be for podcasts. And maybe the future of podcasts is that you will be paying to have an ad-free experience or you'll be paying to listen to the podcast like you do for some audio books. Yeah, that's that's definitely the future. Um, And when everyone says they want to do ads, they go, where where should I put them? I go, man, that, that is completely up to you. Here's the pros and cons of putting them everywhere. At least, for, at least in my opinion, from my expertise, um, I hate ads. Ads drive me crazy. I love living in an ad-free world. I've had ad blocker on my Google since 2011, and it's the best decision I ever made. I watch YouTube without ads. It's magnificent. Um, and personally, I, I, oh, I'm with you. I don't like my podcast being interrupted by ads. Like if I, if we were talking about, um, you know, the differences between American and U.S. businesses, and after that, I cut to an ad. I'd be pissed. I would be, I would be like, why is there an ad here? I want to keep listening. Um, so it really, it really does depend, but moving on, what would you like? Just to ask, just to ask you one thing. So okay. would you be happy to pay for an ad free experience like YouTube on, on podcasts? Well, so that's a premium channel. That's tough because that's me, me personally. It's like, okay, there are ads here, but the web player always gives me a 30 second jump ahead button. So I can avoid the ads if I want just a minor inconvenience and podcasting is free. I, putting a podcast behind a paywall is a very, very difficult thing for me to do and justify because you're a business podcast. You can be as different all you want if you're putting it behind a paywall, that's a, one more reason for someone else to go and find another podcast that's just like yours. There's a million podcasts out there, no matter how different you are. Um, when it comes to paying for a podcast, it's very, 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 very difficult to convince someone to do that. Like Joe Rogan, the number one podcast in the world, people stopped listening to him because they had to pay for Spotify. So 
even though he got like a hundred million dollars allegedly, and he gets like 10 million downloads, people, a lot of people listen to him specifically on YouTube and he probably lost a lot of viewers from that, but he's so big, he can take a hit, but not everyone's Joe Rogan. Now there is one podcast I do pay for because I think it is very, very beneficial. And that is the making sense podcast with Sam Harris. Um, it's $50 for a year. So I think that's worth it. So it really, it, it, it depends. If you want to put your podcast behind a paywall, again, that is your decision. I would, if you asked me, I would give you the pros and cons of doing both and leave the decision up to you. But me personally, in Biggest Podcast Solutions, I don't think I would ever want my stuff to be one, exclusive to one platform, and two, strictly behind a paywall without a free option. Never, absolutely not. You raised some good points there, and I, I concur with many of them. I think content should be freely available to people, and it's there to support them and help them. Right. And because like the, the origins of podcasting has always been this is free content. And what, what you see streaming services like Netflix, HBO, Disney, Peacock, Paramount, they all have these streaming services behind a paywall but what they're finding is, is crap. People don't have all the money to afford these. They're going to pick and choose. Whereas podcasting, that doesn't exist. There's no such thing as exclusivity in podcasting. It just straight up doesn't exist. The consumer has the most power because the consumer has the most choices. And as a podcaster, you have to give them those choices. Like you want your podcast to be in as many places as possible. If your podcast is only on iTunes, Good luck, because majority of the world uses Android. Yes, a, a lot of people don't bring that into play. And the more channels that you can get your podcast on, the more people will be able to listen to it. And that's the objective. We talk about marketing a lot today. And that's the objective. Amplify your, your, your podcast opportunities so that more and more people can listen to them. And it's with ease. You, you want to do things that are easy and simple for people to, to listen to. Don't make it difficult, just like the, the, the position of paywalls that you talk about. Yeah. And I, I, I understand that, you know, people want their podcasts to make money. And it is possible, but it is very, very difficult. And I think you do have the right mindset of like, listen, it's in the back of my mind. It's something that would be great. But right now, the here and now just starting, I have to focus on the content. I have to focus on the viewer, focus on the consumer. What do they want? And do I, and there's a balance between what do I want and what do they want? And I think, I think you're off to the right path. That's great. Thank you. So that being said, um, what do you think the viewers of your podcasts, what, what's the main benefit for them to listen? really understand how how businesses can grow <clears throat> i have a frog in my throat my apologies how businesses can grow easily and effortlessly and when i say easy and effortlessly of course you've got to put the hard work in but without the drama and the stress that sometimes goes goes through in the, the entrepreneur's mind how do we put through systems and structures how do we lead effectively and efficiently how do we create cultures that enable people to stay? One of the I work with small businesses, and one of the biggest challenges that business owners talk about is that they're forever recruiting. There, there's a massive uh, churn rate happening in their business. If you've got a culture that is really attractive and people enjoy, they're just not going to leave. 
Create that culture. It's not difficult. Find out what it is that your staff want in your industry, your sector, your position, and offer it to them. And that's a great place for growth and opportunity for the business because your, your team are everything, your employees are everything. Once you've got that sorted, it's easy for the for the business owners, the CEOs to be the visionaries and, and the people that manage the cash flow because I think that's really what business owners should be doing. They shouldn't be knee-deep in pitches and, and Slack channels. They should be the visionaries of their business, actually working out where they want to go, keeping the energy in the team going and keeping the business full of cash. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I guarantee you, the more you do this and the more you talk to people and the more you just get a conversation to get to know people, you're going to get ideas. You're going to start having new ideas. I think if I had new ideas for new podcasts all the time, I just don't have the time to do them. So I guarantee you, you are going to have an idea for a new podcast and then you're going to start thinking bigger. You're like, okay, I have this passion for business but I have these more ideas. Okay, what if I do the Passion for Business Network? Oh, okay, now we're getting somewhere. So I don't be surprised <laughs> when that starts to happen. Um, so how open are you to the, the, the expansion of your podcast? And say this completely blows up. How much time are you willing to put into this so it doesn't become a, a, a roadblock and a distraction from your main actual source of business, which is a coach? I love the way you make me think big. I hadn't thought that big, but yes, please, universe, let it blow up. I would put a team behind it to manage it where mm. I would be the main uh, podcast host and I would let the team do do all the work. I already have one person doing it. And if, if we need more people, um, I know you now. So I could always come to you for help for production and yep. marketing. And like, I'm just looking at your website right now and like the, the testimonials. I was like, oh, <laughs> That should be a podcast, right? Because I, I, people, people read testimonials, sure. Like I, I could read Benjamin's right here. But what if he's had a 30-minute podcast about, you know, like the, the ups and downs, like the good and bad, the, an honest review of yourself as a client and you just put it out there like, hey, testimonial is great, but here's what's really, really like working with me from the people I've worked with. That's absolutely phenomenal as an idea. And I think we're we're in the era of audio. We have we have new apps being launched just around audio, and people are listening to audio. I now hear people say, "Oh, I, I, what are you going to do tonight?" So I'm going to go home and I'm going to listen to X Y Z podcast and finish finish it off. So podcast listening is actually the new Netflix now, and it's it's yep. phenomenal to see that. And I I would love to have testimonials and and clients talking about their experiences. Um, specifically on a podcast. I, I think that's a, a good way forward. Great tip. All right. Well, I think that is actually a perfect place to leave it. Your podcast is launching as, as this is released, as this is released, it will have launched probably in the first week. Um, date still to be determined as of now. Uh, but Shilpa, I want to thank you so much for being here and please let everyone know where they will be able to find your podcast. And if they want to get in touch with you to build their business, where they can find you. My website is, is very simple. It's my name, shilpa-p.com. My Instagram, my Twitter, and my Clubhouse IDs are shilpa-tv. 
And I'm, I'm everywhere on the internet. You just need to Google my name and find me and, and I'll pop up. And life is so easy these days. And I'd like to thank you very much for having me on today. And it's been a real interesting conversation and a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah, this, this was a lot of fun. You know, I always, I always think the show's going to go one way and then we start talking. It's like, oh, actually, I have, a, I have a lot of things I want to know myself on the spot. So thank you um, for a very, a very interesting and fun conversation. I really, I really enjoyed this one. Me too. It's been, it's been great. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to the launch of your podcast, listening in and seeing if there's anything I can take away from my business at Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. And ladies and gentlemen, you can find Ambiguous Podcast Solutions and everything we do, all the content we produce, all the coaching, all the marketing, all the distribution that we can do at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. More things are to come in the future for us. And we would love for you to be a part of that. This podcast can be found everywhere podcasts are found. Please make sure you like rate and subscribe really help us out help this podcast grow because the more it grows the more it benefits you and all of our listeners and all of the people on this podcast if you want to be a guest on this podcast if you have a podcast uh feel free to reach out to our team at info at apspodcast.com that's info at a-p-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t Com. If you want me to interview you, um, if you like my voice, if you like how I sound, you like how I ask questions, you can email me at will at APSpodcast.com. Or if you listen to these shows and you like Jared's voice, how he interviews as a marketing background, or Nash's voice and how he interviews as a overall business background, you can interview them at Jared at APSpodcast.com or Nash, N-A-S-H at APSpodcast.com. Dot com. All my plugs are done. Uh, Shilpa, thank you again so much for being on the show. It was a real pleasure. And we'll be back next week with a brand new host, a brand new guest, and a brand new podcast for all of you to enjoy. So until then, enjoy the rest of your day and take care.